Okay, so uh, the, the scripture is Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 20. We're just going to highlight a few verses. In verse 1, it says, It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and the others uh, with them besides the Ammonites come to battle against them. So we're seeing that God's people is surrounded by all these other um, uh, enemies. And so Judah, and I think this is something we need to grasp after out of this text, is Judah came together to ask help from the Lord. And when they come together as one, they, they came to seek God's face. They come to seek the Lord. And on down through that chapter, I encourage you to, to read that. But as, this, as they come together and they had all this stuff going around from famine to pestilence to, to all this stuff, they came and they, they, they gathered and they said, man, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. But what they could do is seek God's face. Seek God. God, we don't know what to do, but we know to look up to you. So as we enter this time of worship, let us bow together um, in prayer. Father, we come before you as a body. Father, we just come into an agreement together that, Father, we don't know what to do in this time. But we know we want to seek you. Father, let us taste the sweetness in the season that we are in with you and enjoy it, for it is good. It is good to know that no matter what chaos is going on around us, Father, you are peace. You are a hope. You are our foundation. You are in control. Mm -hmm. So as we've seen as the people and Jehoshaphat cried out, Father, we don't know what to do, but to look up and seek your face. Mm -hmm. Father, may that be the cry of Tennessee Avenue and the community around us. May we look up and seek your face. Mm -hmm. Father, be with our worship. May your spirit fall fresh on us. Father, may you fill um, Brother Paul with the words to speak that you've given this with a, a freshness, a fresh wind, a fresh fire. Mm -hmm. And Father, with all of us, as it has been given to you, and if, if it's been given to you, it's been given to us. And Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Andy. I remember one time I went on a to Mexico, and... Uh, if you've ever been on a mission trip, you know everything goes sideways as soon as you get there. All your plans, everything you were going to do, all, all of it just it gets turned upside down. And so that was happening for us on the first day in Mexico, and I had some teenagers. They were beginning to lose their mind, and on the inside here, I was too. I was like, oh, my gosh. And uh, they said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I, I tried to be as calm as I could, and I said, I don't know, but I know the one who does know. And that was my answer. And so that's basically where we're at today. You know, lots of uncertainty, but we know the one who knows all and who is absolutely certain and who has a perfect plan. So I want to share a few things just for, for encouragement. Um, I am personally very encouraged. I just want to say that right out of the gate. I just really am sensing God's presence and his spirit and his voice. And uh, I mean, just in a, in a way that uh, is unusual for me uh, so uh, just wanted to say that but we know scripture says in Hebrews 12 that everything that can be shaken will be shaken uh, dot 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 there's a couple verses there and then it, then it reveals so that what cannot be shaken may remain uh, we know that 
unshakable thing to be Jesus himself. The metaphor utilized in scripture is the rock. He is the rock. He's the foundation uh, for all things. And uh, Matthew 7, uh, 24 and 25 suggests to us that we build our life on him, the unshakable one. And so all this is is an opportunity to make sure all of our footers are where they're supposed to be on the solid rock. And the ones that are shaken, that just tells you, repent, get on the unshakable spot. Uh, you might have to rebuild a little section of the house or so, but hey, that's better than having no house. So uh, it's a time of adjustment, and so we're looking forward to that. Uh, we live in a postmodern world. You guys, that's a fancy word. It basically just means that people think that there are no absolutes. You know, he can have a truth, I can have a truth. You can. All, everybody gets their own truth, right? Uh, the problem with that is that it's a lie. It's not reality. Uh, Robbie Zachariah tells a, he's, he's probably the foremost apologist in our nation right now, and he tells a story of going to Ohio State University because they wanted to show him this building. It was their postmodern building. And this building was built as a postmodern metaphor, meaning it had no purpose. And so inside the building, there are staircases that go nowhere, there are doors that open up to nothing, so forth and so on. And this guy was proudly saying, look at our postmodern building, aren't you impressed? And Ravi, of course, as wise as he is, had a response. He said, did you do the same thing with the foundation? Of course, I know the answer to that. Because in this universe, there are laws that have to be obeyed. If you truly wanted it to be a postmodern building, you'd have to put an inch of concrete here and, you know, four feet over here or whatever. Do whatever you want and it won't matter. It does matter, come to find out, because we live in a world of law. Because we live in a world that was created and structured and founded by a God that's alive and well, knows what he's doing. So here's what we have going for us, guys. That right there. We know the one who made it all. We know the one who knows the way. Right now is the time to dig in deep and hear his voice like never before. It's great news to me. We're living in unprecedented times. As a man of history, I mean, I love history. Studied it my whole life or probably last 25 years more than the first. But um, I've loved to look at times in history where everything was shaken. And those men that stood up in those moments and shaped history with their decisions and their strength and their leadership. I always marveled at them. In fact, I just spent the last weekend watching a couple of my Winston Churchill movies that I love uh, that, that really show that period of time in, in, uh, in Britain when World War II broke out and Hitler began all that. And to see his response and his leadership through such a a difficult day. Uh, I always have read stories like that and said, God, I want to be that type of guy. I want to be that. I don't think I am that, but I want to be that. Would you help me be that type of a person uh, that could be strong in a, in a difficult situation? Uh, so I've spent a lot of years asking for that type of thing. Uh, people like George Washington and the likes in the Revolutionary period. Just the power of what God can do through men who are stepping into the light and walking in strength. Um, uh, that just speaks to me. And I'm not trying to compare this event to World War II or the Revolutionary Period because I don't think those two things are in the same ballpark. 
but some things are relative, and when things shake, they shake. Uh, I'm not as much concerned about the potential threat of the virus in terms of what it might do in devastation and killing lives, but I am concerned about that it's shutting down the world. That's certainly something to be uh, concerned about, and so obviously we've got to take this uh, as an opportunity to let God shake some things out so he can bring some things in because that's what he's done throughout history and that's why I love history. It tells us it tells us these things. It shows us these things. It says, hey, you're not the first ones to, to go through such a thing. I, God says, I've been here before. I've done this before. I've been shaping my church all throughout history. It will rise to the surface and those people who are uh, on the solid rock will be seen as those who have been walking with me. So, again, it's just opportunity to me. Um, I know none of us have ever been through anything like quite like this. This is a, a, a new thing. But um, i got to tell you, I've, just, I've, I've never felt the confidence of God like I do now, right now, in my life. Uh, as I do look back and see how God shakes things out so he can bring, th bring things in. I thought about the Passover in Exodus 12 uh, where the, that final plague, you know, he, he told them it's the Passover. He told them put the, put the blood on the doorpost, do the, this ritualistic meal, the de death angel's going to pass over. And uh, the purpose of that was to free them from the bondage of, is of, of Egypt, right? Um, and I'm not trying to make a metaphor about this being a plague that's killing off our enemies, not, nothing like that. I'm trying to suggest that as things shake, God has a beautiful purpose for it, that he can move his people into something good. And uh, that's, that's what I, that, that, those are the things I see in, in Scripture and in, and in this period of time right now. One of the incredible gifts of knowing God is that you have access into him in a way that he can show you how he is viewing a situation. We know how we view situations, right? We get our, our feathers ruffled pretty easily. We get turned upside down and all around. We don't know what's going on. God knows and sees things in an empowered way because he's above it all, right? He understands. He knows the way out. He has the solution to our problems. So seeking the Lord and knowing him for me has always been, God, I need to seek you. I know you I need to connect with you until I can see the things from your perspective. Because as soon as I click into that, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be all right. I see, I see what you're doing. I get oriented to the situation, right? You ever been disoriented? It's no good. But when you've got that, that, when you get oriented to what's happening, you're like, okay, that's over here, and I, that's over. I see the process, I see the purpose, I understand we can get in alignment with it. And uh, so that's the word of the Lord right now, is seek my face. Let me give you my perspective. Let, let me allow you to see this through my eyes and in my purposes so that you can uh, move forthrightly through it. And in that, we're seen as sons and daughters of, of God. So I, I really do see this as, opportunity for us opportunity for freedom opportunity for healing opportunity to get in a new rhythm so that God can do more through us in a world that's hurting um, God's promise is to be with us doesn't matter what comes or what goes he said I will be with you 
on, I mean, on time, in the moment, he will be with us, giving us instruction, giving us guidance, or just giving us hope until we can wait and see the next move. And that is certainly what God's saying to us uh, right now. He will be with us. So, uh, as I've said before, as the world seems to be stopping and as the American way of life and all things considered seems to be coming to a screeching halt, we can find ourselves quickly asking, crying out for those things that we need. You know how we many times we get into ruts and we get ungrateful for all the things that we have and you know they're they're there daily they'll be there tomorrow they'll you know everything will go on just like it did yesterday and um and we get a certain sense an illusion of certainty many times about life and about all the things that we have and all the amenities and all the things that have made life easier for us and uh, we can quickly get into a place where we just think they're going to be there all the time. But those things are not promised for us. Uh, tomorrow's not promised for us. Uh, so that shouldn't be uh, something that we get too messed up with. But certainly, I think the Lord knows. Because he says in Matthew 6, 24 through 34, he's telling them, uh, Look, I know you guys are crying out for this. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, is what Jesus is teaching. What you'll eat or what you'll drink. Nor yet for your body, what you'll put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? And he goes on to say, look, I take care of the fowls. You know, I, I consider the lilies and how they grow and how I take care of them and how Solomon, all these things. He's given us these understandings of like, look, look to me. You're not promised these things, but I, I take care of things. I always have take, taken care of things and I'm ready to take care of you. And so as things kind of come to a screeching halt and we get into a place of uncertainty, that's another word that I've been using recently, which is vulnerability. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes to feel like I'm exposed. Like, oh my goodness, I can't stop this or that or anything else from happening because all of a sudden we feel like I'm wide open. I don't like feeling wide open. And the Lord says, yes, yes. You are wide open. Actually, you're always wide open. You have an illusion many times that you think you're not, but in fact, you always are. And what I want you to do in this moment where your vulnerability is being exposed, I want you to do Matthew 11, 28, 30. He says in that passage of Scripture, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And we can read that, and as life is up and running and going as it normally is and as it usually is, we struggle to actually follow through with that. Am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? I mean, we struggle with that, right? And so many times what God will allow is something to just bring it all to a screeching halt. And he say, I know you're struggling with that come to me thing and let me touch you in a deeper place and get down into the foundations of who you are. So I, I, here's a little help. Uh, come to me now. So when we run out of options, that's how I've always functioned. I'm out of options, God. You got me between a rock and a hard place. I guess I'll just choose you now. <laughs> that's been my 
my path so far, but I think as a nation, here we are. We're exposed. We feel vulnerable. Nobody likes us. God says, I've put this pause in place. Come to me. We've got some business to do. We've got some things to take care of. I've got a future for you as my body of Christ, as my representatives on earth, and I need you deeper than you are today. You've got to find me in a deeper place, and, and we're not getting there. We haven't been able to pull that off, and so this is, again, an opportunity. There are times when God stops us from moving and causes us to pause. Why? Because we need a healer. We become too busy. We run from the healer. Take this pause to listen deeply, Tennessee Avenue. Take this pause to listen. Times of distress are opportunities for miracles. Walk in faith. Choose to praise God and cry out for mercy. People are longing to hear good news. This is our time to pray that people turn and find the healer in the midst of chaos. And also make sure you stop and turn and let Jesus heal you right where you are. This is for all of us to enter into rest. And I think also in this time of pause, we need to really relearn and find what true Sabbath is. True rest. As American Westerners on Sunday, Sunday can just be the busiest day of the week. It's just church, 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 church stuff. You get to the end of Sunday and you're like, I'm exhausted. Guys, we've just lost what it means to rest and to have Sabbath. The Sabbath that God instituted in the nation of Israel, I don't believe is what we're having today. Yes, we're preaching good messages. Yes, we're teaching God's word. Yes, we're coming together. But we're busy. We're busy. We're busy while we're doing it. And our hearts aren't connecting. Aren't connecting with the whole purpose of the day. And so this is an opportunity for us to find it. To get healthy in the Lord once again. I believe it's good news. So here's some suggestions I have for you. Pause and spend time with your family. Quality time. Quality time. Uh, you know, slow down. Kind of get out of the western rhythm that's so fast. Kind of, you know, gear down and think about what you really have to be grateful for. The people you truly love. The blessings of life that we have all taken for granted. And we do it naturally and normally. Uh, but it's a time to stop and pause and really give our whole hearts to our families. You know, if there's nothing to do, then turn and love and be loved. Quality time. That's a hard thing for us Westerners to do. Quality time. There's always the next thing. We've already got our minds on the next thing. We can't give ourselves the, this moment. I'm already thinking about how I'm going to do this and that in the future. It's a time to stop and learn what quality time again is again. Time with God. Getting into the Word. Not to prepare a Sunday school lesson, but to let it feed your soul. Connect with Him heart to heart. Something God's been doing with me here recently because I do I use a lot of my time for in in terms of I do have a personal relationship with God that's deep and true and powerful 
but as a minister, I've always got that part of my brain that's like the sharing part, you know, like I'm doing this for that, you know. So if you don't have the that going on, maybe it's a time where you're just, just you and him. You know, the Lord just wants you to crawl up in his lap like Samuel did in mine. And he just and the Lord just said, just just hold him, love him, rest, and and enjoy this son of yours. And, and his message to me was, this is what I want to do with you. But you're so busy. You're so busy in my word. I, you know, you can. That's probably a good place to be busy maybe, but I get busy in the word. I get busy in meditation. I got to do this meditation. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do it all. God's saying, pause and stop and rest and let me speak again. Let me give life to you. Let me reorient you. Um, I think that's some of the things that God's doing in this time. He's, he's, he's got some realignment to do. And we need to pause and we need to focus on him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is worthy of it it's his church and we need to hear what it is that he's doing what is the realignment what is the adjustment what father what are you doing we're ready to get in alignment with that he's ready to meet our needs because he's a good god um currently we we are working as a church leadership to uh address some needs and do some of the changes that need to take place the church has to continue right just because we can't meet in a large group here on Sundays and Wednesdays, we've still got to meet. We've still got to connect, maybe on smaller levels and smaller groups. But smaller groups mean greater intimacy. And that's what we've got to have. You can't have intimacy with a huge group of people. That's not really feasible. But you can with a small group of people. And we're working on uh, new ministry models of connecting and how we can do that, how, how we can meet with one another and in smaller number, in a, in a micro church, if you want to use that, or a prayer group, or ha- whatever you want to call it. It's just smaller groups going deeper with the Lord and with one another. And uh, we're currently working on some things and really feel like the, the, the life of God is on it. So I'm really excited about that. Andy and I have been talking about it today. Uh, and so those things will be, will be kind of uh, given some uh, instruction over the next two or three weeks as to where that might go. We don't know how long this is going to last, obviously. Like Andy said, we don't know. There's so many we don't knows involved in all this. But we're going to take one day at a time, as the Lord suggests in Matthew 6, 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We've got to focus on God moment to moment and let him show us the way. And we don't have to figure it all out. But some of the things that we are feeling led towards, uh, I really feel like the Lord's got some, his life is on it. So it's exciting to me, and it's exciting to, to Andy. So be listening for those things. we got to get back to the Book of Acts community. Remember, that's what we've been talking about. Jeremy preached an awesome message here a few weeks back about Acts, Acts 2, uh, 41 through 47, just how that, that uh, early church functioned. Um, they were close with the Lord, they were close with one another, they met in small numbers in homes, and the power of God was on them, and, they, and, and God was adding to them daily. Uh, that's a, I think that's a model that, that is, uh, that it, that's where it's at, and we need to, to be working towards, how, how can we do that, Father? So that's our prayer. Uh, many of you guys are already reaching out, and I'm so 
proud of you and knowing I know these you guys anyway. This is a church, a loving church, a caring church. Many of you are already reaching out, caring for others, making phone calls. What can I do for you? Do you need groceries? Do you need this or that? I've called several of our members and found out that a number, another member has already been there, already done that. I'm like, man, that's, that's what we need. And so uh, continue to do those things. We've got a widow's uh, ministry that many people are already assigned to to make sure we're just catching up and keeping up with those that need to be cared for. So, so obviously be mindful of that. Make the phone calls. Reach out. Uh, help one another. And anybody else that wants to just, if somebody comes across your mind, some, someone to hear, that could be the Holy Spirit saying, hey, reach out. At least call. Ask. See what could be done. Maybe they do need something. Uh, maybe they just need you to just lift up a prayer for them in that moment. But this is an opportunity for us to be the church to one another and to be an encouragement to each other and to lift each other up and to know Jesus is leading us into a promised land. And I don't know what that looks like exactly, but that's what I believe about the God I serve. Uh, he is not behind the curve here. He's in front of us. And he's behind it. He's just all over it. But I promise you, he has a plan that's being enacted and we need to be walking with him in that. A couple more things and I'm going to be done here. Uh, as we're seeking the face of God, let me remind you of this. As you're seeking wisdom for what to do, because there's lots of decisions that need to be made, and you need to be hearing for what the Lord is asking you to do. What is wisdom? It's hard to say exactly. This is another thing you need to be listening and hearing from the Lord in in real time. Let me give you a scripture to help you with that. James 3 talks about the wisdom of this world and then the wisdom that comes down from heaven. Now this is what he says about wisdom that comes down from heaven. The wisdom, this wisdom, descendeth, uh, no, let me get down, uh, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace now what's my point here my point is this when the wisdom of god comes it's going to feel real it's going to feel good it's going to it's going to and you need to measure it against this scripture is it doing this is it, is it doing these things that scripture says that the wisdom that comes from heaven does because there is the wisdom of the world right and we got to be careful we're discerning between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of god that comes down from heaven it's going to be good. It's going to be pure and peaceable, gentle, easy to do because the Spirit of God's going to be on it, full of mercy and good fruits. Does that make sense? So we're learning how to walk with the Lord in this. Um, and so again, I say draw close to the Lord. Hear His voice. We must submit to Jesus. He is Lord. And He's Lord of the church. Uh, he's Lord of this world. Give Him your full attention. I believe Jesus is rearranging and reordering things for our benefit and his glory so that we can shine brighter and share the gospel in a more powerful way to this world that needs it. And so those adjustments must come. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is one of my go-to scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, trust in the Lord. See, that's the difference between the wisdom of the world and, the, and his wisdom. We don't trust in our own understanding. We're looking for what he has to give us. 
We don't know what to do. He does. And so we need to hear it until we're understanding. So trust him. Focus on him. Hear his voice. Do not fear. God is with us. That exhortation in Scripture is over and over and over and over. Do not fear. If you're in fear that you're not walking in the light, you're not walking in the Spirit. If you are in a lot of fear, reach out for somebody to pray for you, to help you, to lift you up, to strengthen you, to give you some words of wisdom. Sometimes I'm up and you're down, and sometimes uh, you're down and I'm up, and we need each other in that way. So reach out, connect. Do not worry is another one. For all of you that feel like you're really professional warriors, i got some good news for you. If you're a warrior, warrior, I'm messing up the word. If you worry, it means you are a master at meditation. One problem. You are meditating on the worst case scenario taking place. And you're caught up in that loop. So you got to get refocused on the Lord and then go to meditating again. Because you're, you're a master at it. you just got to get your focus on the right thing. You don't imagine the worst. You've got to take control of your imagination. Sanctify your imagination. Say, God, help me get my imagination off of these bad things and onto the good that you're doing. You know, is the, ha is the glass half full or half empty? It's both. It's both. You get to choose which way you're going to look at it. But I promise you, if you get focused on the, we have a good God doing good things and that he's for us and he's leading us deeper into his ways, you're going to see more of his ways. Now, if you're focused the other direction, you're going to see all the bad you want to see. There's plenty of that going on. So focus your mind to be disciplined. Focus on the Lord. Do not worry. Work at it. Don't condemn yourself if you worry. Just work at it. Lord, help me to stop. Help me to see you. Help me. It's a growth zone. It's an opportunity. You can do what Joshua did. Joshua 1.8. Meditate on the word of God day and night. Meditate. Another word for meditate is be familiar. Don't be familiar with worst case scenario. Be familiar with the God who's on the throne, who's got a good plan and is working it out. See, that's where you've got to focus your own attention, and that's your job, and nobody can do that for you. So lastly, here's, here's I'm going to try to cover most of the questions that you might have about what's going on. Let me give you one more admonition. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says to pray for each other, pray for one another. And pray for our government. Pray for those governing officials. Uh, pray for what they're doing, how they're doing it, and the wisdom. They need the wisdom that comes down, come down, comes down from heaven because it affects all of us. And uh, we want to be praying against this thing, that it gets knocked in the head, that uh, God gets all the things done he wants to get done, and through it all we see he's faithful. And he's a God who knows what's going on. If we'll follow him, we'll get to see the benefit of that. Um, also, be faithful in giving. We've got so many things going on on this campus. Even if we're not meeting here on Sundays, there's still a lot of things that are up and going. A lot of people that look to us uh, for a paycheck and for other things that uh, that we, we've got to have in life. And, and so... Uh, please continue to faithfully give. You'll be receiving a letter soon in the mail with instructions on how you can give online and in other uh, capacities. If you are not big on the Internet or online, 
call the church office, get connected with us, let us let us work with you and help you. We're not just trying to get your money uh, and not trying to make it sound that way, but we want to connect with you and keep you in the loop. We're trying to do that through the Internet as best we can, uh, but we've got to stay uh, in the, the, the walk with God that he's called us to. So far, uh, our services uh, are going to be at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays, and we'll live stream those, and we're going to do 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday, uh, this Sunday, so be tuning in at 11 o'clock. Um, we're going to be we're looking at implementing YouTube videos and other uh, forms of media like that throughout the week, possibly daily or every other day, something like that. But something uh, consistently, we've got to come up. We've got to connect in new ways. We've got to communicate in new ways. There's a lot of opportunity here, and so it's going to be new. Might be challenging to some, but it could be an awesome thing. Uh, we want God to continue to be speaking through this church and through this pulpit to our members and all of you. So be looking for those things. Uh, those those things will be up on our web page as well. So just keep an eye out. Uh, if you have some questions, please feel free to call uh, anyone involved, any uh, Andy, myself, any of the deacons, the, the church office. Just get connected and stay connected. Uh, we're learning how to do this thing. So just... Uh, how to communicate in new ways. So just keep your ears open. Um, if things aren't working out with the internet, we want to still want to connect with you. We still want to be ministering to you. So uh, y'all spread the word. Um, this is strange. I just don't know who to look at. I don't know whether to look at you guys or I'm looking at myself. I'm look, what do I look at? Anyway, you guys know I'm speaking to the family here. Um, be encouraged. God is moving us into something wonderful. I have absolute confidence in that. Uh, again, I've, I'll tell you, I've never felt this confident about things in my lifetime. I've never sensed God uh, giving me this type of a peace and courage and, and boldness and, and just knowing this is, this is opportunity. Uh, so to me, and I hope that means something to you, but to me it's like, oh my goodness, God is really here. Um, again, do not fear, but trust in the Lord. Uh, please pray for our church's leadership. Uh, we need wisdom. We're going to be uh, crying out for God's wisdom as soon as I'm done here as a, a deacon body and leadership for decisions that have to be made. And uh, so we, we covet your prayers there that we hear from uh, the Lord about what needs to, to be done. Let me give you one last admonition. Jesus Christ is on the throne. He paid an incredible price so that you could know him. And uh, he wants to know you in a deeper way than you know him right now. And uh, so this is the opportunity to step into knowing the Lord in a deeper way. And uh, we uh, love you guys. We're praying for you. Pre please pray for us. Uh, we are going to strengthen as we go through this difficulty as a nation. And uh, God's just going to teach us all how to be closer to him and teach us how to do ministry in this day and age so let's let's pray and we'll be dismissed father thank you so much for your living word and that you speak through it thank you father draw us to your word and may we hear you in a deeper way in a greater way in greater ways than we ever have we need to hear you more lord as the ground shakes i pray that uh, we would find you the unshakable one, and, and just uh, get our lives completely, our families completely 
our church completely upon you, Lord Jesus. Show us the adjustments that need to be made. Give us the gift of repentance where we need to turn and not think a certain way that we turn around and think your way. Give us the grace to be able to do that and to be transformed as we repent. Uh, Spirit of God, I just send you to all of my brothers and sisters who are in their homes right now. I'm asking you, Lord, lift them up, encourage them, strengthen them. I pray as they open up the Word of God that it just would leap off the page because you're speaking so strongly to them. I pray they'd get a heart-to-heart connection with you that is like never before. Uh, Lord, I thank you for vulnerability because it's, it's in those moments, although none of us like it, it's when we grow. And so, Lord, may we take every opportunity to turn all of our heart, mind, and soul to you so that we grow in a new awareness of your presence. And, uh, and understand that you, you are unshakable ground, that we can look to you and you're, you'll answer, and that you're present, and that you're on the move. So Lord, help us to let go of the things we need to let go of, and to invite the things of you that you're bringing into our lives for our blessing. Lord, may we stand upon the solid rock and proclaim a voice of love, and grace, and mercy, and forgiveness, and healing to this world. Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray that you would fill our presidents and our leaders with your voice. We thank you for some of the reports of, of, uh, of even politicians on both sides of the aisle agreeing over something. Lord, that is a miracle in and of itself. We ask you to do more of that, bring a healing to our nation in ways that we haven't even considered possible. We just pray you do amazing things, Lord, in this time of shaking that would just cause us to be in awe of who you are all over again. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.